Good morning. How are you? Good, good. I told Walt the only problem with having me preach two Sundays in a row. I've never preached two Sundays in a row. I've only preached multiple times in a row at a women's conference. And I was like, the only problem is, is I don't want you guys to get sick of me. Like, cause I am such a weirdo how I preach. So, you know, if you can handle me two weeks in a row, you should like buy yourself a cup of coffee at Starbucks or something like that. But, um, anyway, I am excited to be, um, to be speaking again in this Love Is series. It's a pretty great series. It affects all of us um, in a real way. Um, it's not talked about a lot. Um, last week, talking about boundaries, you know, it's like you can just cover a sliver of stuff about boundaries. There's so much that could be said, really, on every topic that we're talking about. This week, absolutely the biggest challenge um, I had was trying to figure out what to cut out. In fact, after the first service, I told Walt, I like need to rip up half my notes. I mean, I cannot get through it all. So my goal is just to make it as absolutely as practical, absolutely as helpful, um, absolutely the most real um, possible uh, message about um, conflict resolution. And if you're a human being and you, unless you live in isolation in Alaska, you know, like a hut or whatever for the rest of your life, then you are going to have conflict because we have conflict with relationships and it's just the way it happens. Um, and so anyway, so we're going to take a look at that today. All right. Um, so you're going to, I'm going to talk fast. You're going to have to, you know, buckle your seatbelts again. I'll do my best to cover as much stuff for you as possible. And then you can write a mean note if you need to and say that was too fast. You talk too fast. You said too many things. Okay. But I would, I want you to just to get as much information information as you can. Let's take a look at the verses that basically the entire series is structured um, on. It's, it's John 13, verse 34 and 35. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Um, and this is kind of one thing I'm going to focus on today, the whole concept, and Walt actually brought up this concept, that a, a huge apologetic, a huge way that people will know that we're Christians is by how we treat one another. And conflict resolution is, um, I think, perhaps one of the biggest hindrances to this happening, um, for, because it is so difficult, um, things arise all the time. And if we aren't equipped and if we don't depend on the Lord and if we don't have whatever, I don't know what all you need. I'll try to tell you some of the things anyway. Um, then it's going to be pretty difficult. And the thing is, is that, um, the world doesn't need, um, they already have a bad marriage, you know? And if you have a bad marriage too, it's like, well, we're the same. We both have bad marriages, right? We both hate our boss. You know, if they hate their boss, we hate our boss. It's like, what's the difference? You know what I'm saying? And so these verses are saying by this, people will know you're my disciples if you love one another. So the whole point is, is if we're, if we're on the same, if we're different from the world in terms of our relationship, people are going to know something's different about us. And the thing is, is that if we can't master the issue of conflict resolution, our relationships will not be different than the world's period. Okay. So anyway, so this line, 
is like basically our spirit. This is like living like, uh, like the, like those verses said by this, everyone will know that you're my disciples, that you love one another. Okay. So this straight line is our vertical, even though it's horizontal to you, just be flexible, please. So anyway, this line is like our vertical relationship with God, right? That we want to do, we want to represent God on the earth. We want to like be his disciples. We want to be like him. And these represent horizontal relationships. We're going to have these be our, our conflicts. Okay, that conflicts that we can either get stuck on or conflicts that we can have and then move back to this line that puts us where people know that um, we're his disciples. So let's pray and then let's get into um, what this might look like for our lives. God, thank you so much for everyone that's here. Thank you for the opportunity to talk about real things that affect our real lives Thank you that you love us. Thank you know every that you know every situation that's represented here in this room. God, I pray that you will speak what you want to speak to every person here because you know that I am limited in how much I can say to how many situations. So God, I ask that you supernaturally speak to everybody here regardless of what I say and speak to them what they need to know about conflict resolution in their lives. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. So our goal is to move our relationships, um, in unity and in health. And so you have our relationships kind of conform into the image of Christ so that we're more like him in our relationship. And you know, that's what we're all shooting for. But if you have an affair and you can't keep any friends and you hate your family and, um, You've had at least, you're not moving toward healthy relationships. So unbelievers are going to figure that out because they're not stupid, right? Just like you aren't. So, um, but if you have a rough marriage, if you have a miscarriage, if you have infertility, if you lose your job, if you're um, surviving a difficult season, like maybe even surviving an affair, then the world is going to notice that as well. And some of those things mean we're not perfect, we sin, but we have a way that we're resolving a conflict or something like that in our lives, right? Because we know that we live in the world, we know that we're going to sin, you know, um, like even this situation this week, you know, okay, bad stuff is going to happen, things like that are going to happen, and so the world is watching what are you going to say? What are you going to do? How are you going to handle it? You know what I'm saying? That's how people know whether we're Christians or not. So anyway, and it's the same thing. It's not just married people. If you're divorced or single, um, your relationships are just as crucial in terms of your testimony. If you're divorced and you hate men or um, if you're single and you want to have sex with every, you know, human breathing, you know, person that walks past you at any given moment, you know, those things are also bad witnesses, right? So you don't have to just be married to have a bad witness. Okay. So, so when we have, but when we have a lack of communication or a lack of conflict resolution, we have a loss of friendship. We have wedges in our family. You know, Walt says some of the most difficult, horrible, um, events that he has to conduct as a pastor are funerals. And you want to know why funerals are so horrible? It's because people hate each other's guts. People are mad about money. You know, there's all this junk that comes up in funerals because all these things over all these years, you know, and so it becomes not about the dead person in the casket. It becomes all about all this family stuff that's going on. That's messing everything up. Right. 
And um, anybody that's had a situation like that knows what I mean. But um, a lack of conflict over resolution over divorce, affairs, extremely unhappy marriages. You could have stayed married but hate each other's guts. You know what I'm saying? You could, um, you could have terrible relationships with your kids. Um, you could have sexual relationships outside of marriages. People are watching. The, un- the world is watching. Christians are watching. People are watching. And if you are no different in your relationships and your ability to resolve conflict with difficult situations, not that you never have bad situations, but you're able to resolve those situations. If you're no different, then the world is going to notice. And those verses, John 13, 34 and 35. Now let's take our cues from Jesus. Jesus basically had conflict his entire, his entire ministry. Okay. Jesus was a master dealing with conflict. I mean, every single thing he had going was conflict, pretty much. Now, a few things you can observe by Jesus' style um, in his adult life. Number one, uh, men and women were basically treated equally. He didn't speak to women in single-syllable words, okay? He, sp- he spoke to men and women relatively equally. That was supposed to be funny. Are you guys awake? All right. All right. He, he talked, he talked differently based on if a person was like a close friend, um, they'd be more personal, a crowd, more general Pharisees. He'd be like, I hate your guts. You know, you're like a bunch of snakes and I hope you rot, you know, and hell and stuff like that. And, um, he, it didn't matter if people were single or married. He, he treated them the same. Um, he was nice to kids. He was nice to widows and he was firm with the demon possessed. He didn't get like pushed around, you know, by, by people that had that happening. Sometimes Jesus said nothing like during his trial. Sometimes he'd use word pictures to explain difficult concepts. Sometimes he'd talk normal. You know, the King James version is like, that was just the way they talked back then. It's not like if he lived here today, he'd be saying, thus saith blessed, you know, brethren and so forth. He, he, that was just in the Bible because he was talking 2000 years ago. So, uh, you know, he was like saying to his disciples, Hey, let's hang out and have lunch. And, you know, um, and that sort of thing. Um, and he would like negotiate arguments between his disciples. He was compassionate with people that were going through tough spots. You know, he'd be like, let me help you out. You know, I'm sorry you've been like bleeding for 25 years and I'm sorry this is happening. Let me help you. And, and, and he'd speak word pictures a lot. Um, even when people didn't understand them. So we can take our relationship cues from Jesus and, and the, how they vary based on the situation and the relationship and the, who they are and that sort of thing. We obviously don't treat every single person the exact same, you know, and that's not realistic and that isn't even what we're supposed to do. But ultimately, we're wanting to move our relationships forward towards health, towards strength, towards, you know, representing God on the earth, um, even when things are stressful, um, God's desires for us to be moving in this direction, even when we feel like things are sucking the life out of us and we're having these draining situations and, you know, where you just feel like I don't want to face another day and I don't want to wake up in the morning and all that kind of stuff. Um, we're, we still, a lot of times dealing with these situations, especially in our close relationships, take an in- incredible amount of energy, emotional, spiritual energy, I mean, to deal with with. And that's a lot of times why people don't deal with them. 
Because dealing with, sometimes it feels like uh, not dealing with it is going to be easier than dealing with it. Because having a tough conversation, for example, can just suck the life out of you. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Holy moly. I mean, talk about draining you. Some of these difficult situations, um, really tough, but God is not glorified when we're in constant conflict. And so, um, uh, even though that happens and we feel like it sucks the life out of us, we still have to learn how to deal with that. And hopefully I'm going to give you a few tips that might help you do that. Now, um, men and women, I think most of us and all of our relationships, we want to make those relationships work. I mean, I've never heard a person say, I mean, I guess I have in some marriages that are really in low spots, but for the most part, people aren't like, I hate my family. And the way that I would be the happiest is if I never, ever spoke to my children ever again, you know, that would make me the happiest and I would sleep the best at night if I never spoke to them. You know, you don't hear that. Um, but here's some things, conflict resolution, some misunderstandings, conflict resolution does not happen with a constant amount of talking. You know, if we talk one extra hour, it's going to resolve, you know, sometimes wives think that about their marriages. If I can just talk longer and longer and longer and longer, then it's going to fix it, you know doesn't work that way. You don't have to say every single thing on your mind to resolve conflict. I think you're fat and ugly and the meanest person I've ever met in my entire life. You think that's going to resolve conflict? You see your sister at the funeral. You look heavier than I've ever seen you. You know, what have you been doing? You must be so lazy and, you know, no, you don't have to say every single thing that comes to your mind. You don't have to agree on any, everything, you know, Jesus modeled this. It's like, you don't have to, even with your spouse, it's like, you don't have to be on the same page about every single thing to have a relationship with a person, friendship, marriage, you know, family. It's like my sister, I have a lot in common with her. I have a lot not in common with her. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I'm not like, I'm never going to call you again because we don't agree about every single thing. No. She's my sister. You know, I'm going to have a relationship with her. You don't have to agree with people on every single thing, especially, I mean, one misunderstanding is related to marriage. It's like, just because you're married doesn't make you the exact same person as the other person. You know, Walt talked about this the other day. It's like, he's a country boy. He was raised in the country. I was raised in the city. You know, that's not going to change. You know, Walt says if he paints a mural on the windows of an outdoor scene, then there'll be no need for me to step foot outside of my, you know, house. I do not need the fresh outdoors. I never have. I never will. You know what I'm saying? It's like he needs the fresh outdoors. On Monday, guess what he's doing? Monday's his day off. Up at the crack of dawn, putting on his hiking boots, scouting out the forest. I'm like, that is not my idea of a good time. If we felt like we had to be the exact same, that would be a problem. I would resent him every time I had to go out and go hiking, right? He would resent it every time I fussed about going out and going hiking. You see what I'm saying? It's like, we don't have to be the same people. We're not the same people. You know what I'm saying? If God wanted us to be the people, then he would have made us fraternal twins. You know, you know, so just, 
just get out, just get over that. You know, that'll solve 50% of your problems right there. And at the same with uh, sexual desires of different partners in a marriage, it's like, you know, it's going to be different. Just deal with it and stop whining about it. You know, you're not the same person. Um, anyway, okay. The understanding that, um, the, the common line that people, women speak all these words and women, men speak no words. All they say is, uh, uh, you know, and women speak 10,000 words. I, my gut feeling was, is I didn't agree with that. It's like, I've met men that talk. So I looked up, I did some research. It's like, uh, in general, and there's might be research out that supports this, but the research that I found basically said that men and women speak uh, more in different settings. It's setting specific. Men speak more like in at jobs and, you know, like work environment things and all that sort of thing. And women speak more in more um, communal, like smaller relationships. And so, you know, the misunderstanding that men will never, ever say a word. Now, if your husband or boyfriend never says a word, then that's your issue that you're going to have to get over, you know, but, um, but just, just in and of itself, you know, you don't have to assume that. So what you need to do is cut out judging, trying to change people, arguing people to make with people to make them more like you and, and just realize that God has brought us together, whether it's husband and wife, whether it's boyfriend and girlfriend, whether it's people in our church, you know, whether it's one another here, whether it's your family, whatever, it's like, you know what? You guys are different than me. I'm fine with that. It's like, I don't need me. I already am me. So you can be yourself and I'm happy with that. When I had a friend, I had a small group and I had a group of friends and several of them were internationals. And, um, and one of them, I mean, I became very, very good friends with them. People, a lot of people have heard this story where I like, I mean, very close, like almost like family. I mean, they'd come in my house anytime they wanted very close relationship. And then one week, I mean, this was after like seven years seven years. Um, one of them brought over a meal cause I was like sick or I had surgery or something like that. And internationals are really good at that. Anybody that hasn't so internationals, you say, uh-huh. Very weak. Okay. Well, whatever the internationals I know are very good at bringing meals when the people are sick. <laughs> so anyway, so anyway, she brought a meal and when I, she brought the meal, I like took it at my front door and said, thank you. And I turned around to take it and say goodbye and like shut the door. And it had been seven years. And she said to me, Carrie, that is so rude how you just take the food and you don't invite me in and you don't like talk and do stuff. She's like, that is not in an international thing. You don't do that. That's like really rude. And so basically you've been slamming the door in my face for seven years. I was like, why didn't you tell me six and a half years ago? You know, it's the whole direct American thing. I'm like expecting like a direct communication. Her saying, let me in your house, you know, but, but she was like more passive about it. And, but I was like, I'm glad you told me after seven years, better late than never. Right. So anyway, the point is, is we're all different and, and we should embrace that. And, and we should remember that that's the case in, 
in our close relationships as well. You know, Walt and I are very different, as you know, and we see the situations very differently. And I will state my position, for example, on a situation about the church or something, you know, whatever. We're talking about something about a decision or something like that. And then, and then sometimes he'll listen to me, you know, and do what I think. But most of the time he won't, won't do that. And I'm like, I thought I said you should do this. And he's like, I know you said that, you know? And, and so anyway, so most of the time that's what he does. And then, and then sometimes, and I've had to learn that, you know, he's not, um, divorcing me, you know, every time he doesn't take my advice about something, right? Say, come on. And so then what I'll do is I have my own job and my, you know, research bubble and I'll show him a paper that has like a bunch of numbers and, and like symbols just to like show off, you know, and I'll show it to him and he'll be like, well, I don't even know what in the world that's saying. And I'm like, okay, so just don't give me a hard time about cooking dinner tonight. Cause I've got to finish this paper. Right. <laughs> this is so anyway, but when it comes to our family, when it comes to our family or our marriage or something unrelated to church, we have this understanding that we have to be on the same page to make major decisions. So we have to be like on the same page if we're like, you know, um, going to sell our house or buy a car. Uh, when we are deciding whether we're going to do financial peace, you know, to get out of debt, uh, we decide, we decide, made that decision together. We spent a lot of time talking about that and not all in one setting. And I'll talk about that more in a minute. Um, so anyway, we try to be on the same season about that. Well, putting our kids in public schools, um, things like that. So we've had different seasons of our marriage where we've had a, a larger amount of communication when we've had a lot of decisions like that to make. And then there's other seasons of our marriage. We haven't had a lot of decisions like that to make. We've both been busy with our work and other things and, and we haven't had as much time to talk. You know, and that doesn't mean that Walt doesn't love me anymore, you know, and we're just on the brink of, you know, divorce at any time. And whenever he leaves the house, he's probably heading straight to a divorce attorney, you know, because he didn't talk to me that night for two hours. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Thank you, Pastor Raphael. Okay. So here's, here's another thing I want to address. Here's another thing I want to address. Ephesians 4.26, don't let the sun go down on your anger. A lot of people have interpreted that. Um, and I am, once again, I'm a weirdo. So just take it or leave it. This is my interpretation of this. A lot of people have interpreted that, that you can't go to bed while you disagree about something. And I don't interpret it that way. I, it says, don't go to bed while you're angry. So I take that to mean as long as you can go to bed without punching each other, while you're asleep, then it's okay. Cause that's anger. You know, if we made the decision, well, guess what time I woke up this morning? 3.30. Now, if we were having a fight and it started at eight o'clock, what good is it going to do for us to just to keep going and going and going? When I've been, uh, I got up at 3.30 this morning. That is not going to be beneficial to our relationship. So we get to a stopping point where it's like, we're not going to punch each other in the face, you know, or anything dangerous and then go to bed. And then we pick it up. We pick it up another time. 
So some people feel real legalistic about don't go to bed. Don't let the sun go down while you're angry. And I'm just saying that's my interpretation of it. If you're hot and flying and things are not like at a like transitioning point, that's one thing. But if you just don't have a decision made and you're wrestling things out and, you know, if you have somebody that has had an affair or, you know, or like a gambling addiction or something like that, you think you're going to resolve that in one evening? No way. Those things take time. You know, they take time. And so you can't resolve that. So I think that there's been, in my opinion, that's the meaning of that. It's like if things are calmed down into a good stopping point, you know, you can, you don't have to feel like you're being disobedient to the Lord if you go to sleep and, you know, start over the next day. I want to talk with a, tell you a story about when I had a fight with Sam and I got in, um, I got his permission to tell this story and, and I, it wasn't an easy sell, believe me. But, um, okay. So, so anyway, so this would be, so this would be when you're having a conflict, Right? So you're walking this relationship with God, and this is when you have a conflict in your marriage and your blah, you know, whatever, whatever kind of conflict. You're in a fight with your boss, you're in a fight with your neighbor. You know, oh, I, didn't, I can't even, don't even have time to tell you about our, the fight with our neighbor. But anyway, um, anyway, um, so I was in, uh, we were in Colorado on vacation. This is real recent, you know, within the last month or two. And um, there was this issue that I was very, very upset with Sam about. And uh, he's our middle son and he's 16. And, um, and so I, Walt was out hiking. <laughs> and uh, I, I was like, I could not take it anymore. I was so upset. And so I got into what is the biggest argument I have ever had with any family member in my life. To give you a perspective, when we were first married, I grew up like it, when I was a kid, my dad, if he said, Carrie, I'd start crying. I mean, he never raised his voice. Walt grew up in, you know, the last man standing is the winner kind of, you know. And so anyway... So he would say to me, you know, like, um, Carrie, I can't believe you did that. And I'd be like, stop yelling at me. He was like, I am not yelling at you. I'm like, yes, you are. You know? So, I mean, I, I am not used to fighting, you know, and I didn't grow up fighting, you know, Wall is a much better fighter than me. And so anyway, we'll talk more about that later. Anyway, so um, okay. So, uh, we got in this fight and this was the biggest fight I've ever had with anybody in my family. And I was so upset and, um, and it went on for a long, long time. I mean, over an hour for sure. I don't know exactly, but over an hour. And I've always said that I thought that Sam would be an attorney when he grew up because he can make a mean argument. I'll tell you what. And so anyway, um, it just, I mean, it was intense. It was very stressful. I'm sure you guys can relate to this. It's like when you have a fight like that, it's like, it's like so tense and stressful. And it's like, it's like, it's physically draining. Like when it's, it's over, you feel like you need to take a nap. You know what I'm saying? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Okay. So anyway, so we have this fight and anyway, it finally got to the point where we were like, turn this corner in the fight. 
and all, and we just decided, okay, and we, like, things, like, died down, and we kind of came to a somewhat conclusion to the fight. We didn't, like, fix each other, and we didn't completely solve the problem, but we came to what was, I felt like, resolution. And so, and, and he agreed, I talked to him about it, he agreed that we both felt better at the end of it, even though it was just a horrible experience for both of us. And so anyway, what happened then, so then we're going along and I'm going along. And then about two weeks later, we're home and, um, something came up with him and he said something that really set me off and I was upset about it. And it it was like, it triggered back all of this. You know, I know you guys don't know anything about that either, right? And so it triggered all this. And I was like, I was, I mean, I just, you know, was like, so we were argued again. It wasn't as tense, intense as that, but we we're still arguing again. And it was still basically the same idea of what the original fight was. And so anyway, and then he had to leave. He, he was going somewhere and he was getting picked up or whatever. So he had to leave. So I, um, so after he left, it was quiet in the house and it was so much quieter in the house, actually, <laughs> just <laughs> anyway, um, I think I should get in fights with my kids more often, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, so anyway, um, so anyway, then we, so then I started thinking about it and I realized, I was like, you know what? I think that was my fault. I think I overreacted to what he said. And so I texted him and I texted him and I said, um, Sam, I'm sorry. I think I overreacted. I said, I said, I'm sorry for what I said. I hope you have a good night. I didn't say I'm sorry because I'm very bad at saying that. I just, I'm not, I'm not there yet, you know. So I'm just walking on this line all the time because I'm so bad at saying I'm sorry. Um, anyway, no, I'm just kidding. So anyway, I, and, and he texted me back in uh, typical boy, 16-year-old, and he just said, okay. <laughs> so anyway, but the thing is, is that I was back here. And what I said to him, and you know what? Ever since then, since those two times, my relationship with Sam has completely shifted. Wouldn't you agree, Walt? And, um, and it's amazing what that conflict and bringing resolution to that conflict has done for our relationship. Um, and, but anyway, I had to go respond back to him and say, I overreacted. I'm sorry. When I did that, I came back to here. You see, it was my choice whether or not I wanted to do that. If I didn't do that, I could have stayed out here and continued to be mad at Sam indefinitely until he left the house on the day of graduation, you know. That's how those things happen. They happen with, with what is small things that never get resolved, you know, even with your own children. It's hard. It's hard to say. It's hard to deal with that stuff. And, you know, Walt and I talked about it, and I was like, I could have not said anything back in Colorado. You know, I could have not said anything, but I was so upset about it. And now, in hindsight, I'm so glad I did because we went through that process, and we are closer as a result of it. And we don't have this tension um, that we used to have. Um, You know, 
there's a very common uh, statement that says that communication, sex, and money are the biggest cause of divorce. Um, but when you think about it, communication, sex, and money, there's a very similar thing through them. The communication, obviously, is that they're very hard to talk about. They're very difficult to resolve. So, you know, when you have a certain thing, like, are we going to go to McDonald's or are we going to go to Arby's? That's easy to resolve, right? Sex, money, how much are we going to talk? Much harder to resolve, much harder to resolve. And they're ongoing in a relationship. So you can deal with it one time, but it doesn't solve it indefinitely. You move along and then you have the next time that you have to deal with it, right? Okay. So anyway, here's, um, so it, there's tremendous implications, you know, if we, if we don't deal with those and those things create wedges in our relationships that ultimately lead to divorce and the end of relationships. Um, and this can extend, of course, to extended family, um, just our work relationships and all sorts all sorts of things. I'm just going to list a few things and then I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell a last story, but here's a few strategies or, 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 um, ideas I have just from my own experience that might help you in terms of conflict resolution and communication in your relationships. Uh, one is just the wife over talking. You know, I say a lot of women just need to find a friend. You know, you just need a friend. And you don't need a friend to complain to your husband about. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's a friend to say what percent you got off those shoes at Kohl's, you know, when you plan to go to Village Point, you know, what Chick-fil-A, you know, you just need a friend to talk to about all those things, you know, because that's boring to spouses many times. Okay. Then just a time limit. You know, you don't need to complain to your husband for, for six hours. You know, they just get sick of it and they get sick of hearing you complain. So, so don't talk so much. So, you know, manipulating with sex is a very bad strategy and it will backfire in your relationship. Um, and Every word you think, like I already said, every word you think doesn't need to come out of your mouth. Maybe you need to get a journal or something like that, that you can just spew it all out on a page and then burn it, you know, with a lighter or something. Um, but you need to be fundamentally thinking too. And I, you know, seek first before, first to understand before being understood. You know, I mean, that's like a cliche line. I don't like that line really. But, um, anyway, it, but the idea is, is that, is that at some point you have to begin thinking like the other person in a, in a, at least in a small way. Like I have to say, I do not understand why on Monday, after preaching three times, you feel the need to go hiking all day? Like, I think that that's a bad idea because then you're going to be tired on Tuesday, you know? But I don't have to... Sorry, I said that because I don't, I don't say that, you know? But the, the, the point is, is, the point is, is, is it's like I don't have to say everything I think, you know, even though I did just then. But that was just for illustrative purposes. <laughs> so, 
not in my notes. I'd like to scratch that from the tape, please. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, you know, I think that... Uh, well, anyway, another thing is just to not tell the world your entire business. You know, you don't need to be posting on Facebook every time, you know, you have a split, split end or you, you know, your husband, you know, has the wrong expression on his face or, you know, there's a, there's some things in our relationships. If you value your relationship, whether it's a friendship or my sister or, you know, my husband or whatever, or, you know, I mean, I know Walt and I have like this understanding where we're telling personal illustrations on this, but it's like, I'm not going to, you know, cause Morgan and Chris, are, I would consider my friends. Well, I'm not going to like share their business all over the place that creates conflict. And, and there's no need for that. Like that's so easily avoidable, you know, um, and we have enough conflict in our lives that we can't avoid. So why don't we stick to the conflict we can't avoid? And, and those are things oftentimes in our marriage or, or that type of thing. So uh, you don't need to tell a million people. Um, what is your motive for telling people, even your girlfriends? You know, I don't tell my girlfriends. I don't know that I have ever in a, sing, a single time that I can recall, told any of my girlfriends about anything related to my relationship with Walt. I haven't told my sister. I haven't told my very closest friend in St. Louis. I never talk to people about my relationship with Walt. It's like, how would that make him feel if I tell him something bad about him to a friend? That's, a, that's terrible. Don't do that. And, and so if you care about relationships and that's where it just comes down to our mouth so often, it's like, we just need to not talk so much and don't have the excuse that you're a female or a male that talks a lot. And that in and of itself will avoid so much conflict, but talking can help resolve uh, conflict. It can help with conflict re resolution. And I want to give a few examples of that, but one of the most, um, one of the most, oh, a couple other things, um, just, and I wrote, just shut up. <laughs> Don't talk and just listen. You know, if you just talk less in your marriage, either way, you're going to have less conflict. You know, unless your spouse is asking your opinion about something or, you know, then, then you don't have to shut up. But, um, Anyway, okay, so I, I just want to talk about a few more things, but in one of the seasons in our marriage, and the worship team can come up, um, it was one of the most tense seasons in our marriage. And actually, Walt and I have had, uh, I think, a lot, I would consider a lot of very stressful seasons in our marriage, and for various reasons. Um, but we were having a very tense season in our marriage. And I mean, here's an example. Oh, the, here's an example. It's unrelated, but this was the type of thing. It's like, we already had all this stress. And then one time Walt was leaving to preach and went on our front yard. And our entire front yard was like torn up by like, what was it? What kind of animal? See, I don't know animals. <laughs> raccoon. Okay. I think I know what a raccoon is. Uh, okay. The raccoons were eating the grubs and our entire front yard and part of our backyard, complete dirt. 
Complete dirt. Like we woke up in the morning and we were getting ready to go to church and our front yard was complete dirt. That, that isn't like what was causing the stress. But my point was, it was like we were getting hit on all sides. We'd walk out the front door. Our yard was a bunch of dirt. I mean, it was just crazy. You know, the neighbors calling the police. And I mean, it was bad. So anyway, um, so we were really two hurting people and under an incredible amount of stress. And this had been building over weeks and weeks, and it might have even been months, and pressure was coming in from all sides, church, our our personal lives, our kids. And Walt is an incredibly strong person, um, has a backbone of steel, you know, and is able to withstand a lot of stress. Um, I think partly because his upbringing, but he, he finally said at one point, he said, you know, we've got to deal with this problem. And I remember that we were sitting in his office. We, he has a, a, a bedroom in the basement. He has this, his office. And so we were sitting down in there. And he um, he told me how upset he was and how he disagreed with my role in these stressors. So we were out here. You know, we were trying to do the will of God, trying to be pastors and all this kind of stuff. But we were at this crossroads um, under extreme stress and it was really wedging into our relationship and Walt said you know uh, he said you know I disagree with XYZ um, you know and he told me what he thought and I and I listened here's here's your steps I listened and then I said after he's done I said okay that's fine I'll think about it, um, and I'll, thanks for telling me. That's all I said. So he spewed out this big, you know, mess. And this is what I said. I didn't try to argue with him. I didn't tell him why I thought he was wrong. I didn't tell him my perspective on the problems. Are you picking up what I'm laying down? I listened I didn't interject and I said okay fine thanks for telling me I'll think about it and you could write that down because those are good words to say and um, because I couldn't say to him sincerely you're right I'm gonna do you know XYZ instead because that would have been a lie I didn't feel that way you know what I'm saying and it's like a relationship on a lie, you know. And there was a lot at stake. There was a lot at stake. I mean, and we knew part. Of, we knew in a, in a strong way that there was a whole spiritual com- component to this. But the thing was, is that there was still a natural component where we had to work something out. And we didn't have to talk about it, you know, for 24 hours. He basically said, I have a problem with this. And I think you're to blame about this. And I said, I listened. I said, okay, thanks for telling me. I'll think about it. And I left the office. And then um, I, you know, waited a couple days or whatever. And, um, and the next day or two. And then this is what I did. I went back. And at this point, we're probably here, right? Because just by having that conversation... Just by having that conversation of speaking respectfully to one another, to honestly sharing feelings, blah, 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 moves you, moves you closer and closer to here, you know, uh, 
people will know you, know you're my disciples by how you love one another. And um, John 13, 35. And so then what I said to him, so I'm here, I said, you're right, I'll try to do better. That's what I said. I didn't go into a two-hour defense explaining why I'd been whatever. I just said, you're right, I'll try to do better. And that was the end of it. And I'm pretty sure, I could be wrong, but I think it was close to the last conversation we've had about that. We might have had a follow-up conversation or two about that. But the point is, is that it didn't, so I didn't lie and apologize on the spot and we didn't have a fake, you know, makeup discussion. We said what we thought. We didn't have a nervous breakdown about it. We took it to God and we came back together and said, okay, now that's our system. But you know, I didn't say this. I didn't say, Oh, I will go to my prayer closet and see if the Holy Spirit speaks to me. And and my prayer partners that come to this prayer meeting and see if God speaks to me. And if he does, I will consider. No. You know what that is? That's spiritual pride. When I say I'll go and think about it, I can come back here. I can go to my spiritual prayer partners. I can pray about it all I want. Right? But I don't have to, because what do you do if you go out here and say, I'm going to go speak to my prayer partners, blah, blah, blah. Then it makes it like I'm the spiritual one and he's the, you know, stupid one that doesn't know how to go to God. You see? And it becomes a spiritual pride issue just like that. The enemy's so tricky. So I don't have to go say, well, I'm going to go read the Bible a bunch and go to the, you know, the intercessors and then I'll let you know what God says and I'll come back to you. I said, no, I'll think about it and I'll let you know. And then you can go to God. You can fast if you feel like you need to. You can go to early morning prayer every single day for two weeks if you feel like it. Feel like that's what God's asking you to do. You can do that. That's your decision how you want to process that conflict. But you don't have to tell all your business. Remember how I said just shut up? That's what I mean. It's like you don't have to say everything. Just just do it. You know what I'm saying? And and this can go for an unsaved spouse, a saved spouse. This can go for your children. If your child says, you know, I hate your guts and you won't give me an iPhone and, you know, blah, blah, blah. You can say, okay, thanks for telling me. I'll think about it. And then you go right back. You see how easy that is? And then you pray about it. You think about it. And God will give you the wisdom if you need to say no. Or maybe God will say, you know what? It's no big deal. Just give him an iPhone. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what God's going to tell you. You see? Okay. We don't have much time. But what I want to do is I want to pray for you and then the worship team is going to sing and then you can be dismissed as you feel so led, okay? But what I want to do is I want to pray for you guys and I want to um, pray for God to help you as you interface with the people in your life and deal with the conflict that's either already there or will be coming in the future. God, I thank you for your children. God, I thank you so much that you see them, you know them, you know their situations. God, I thank you that it's your desire that your children would represent you on the earth. 
you desire for us to be in a straight line. You desire when those cross points come. You desire for there to be resolution, conflict resolution in their lives. God, I pray for marriages. I pray for children. I pray for work situations and extended family, those groups specifically. I pray for the mind of Christ for your sons and daughters here. I pray for wisdom and help as they navigate. God, I pray for wisdom as they seek reconciliation and seek resolution as far as it be for them. God, I pray that you will help them go against their personality and their instinct and not talk too much and not say too much, but just say the right amount. God, I, I pray that you will help us apologize when it's necessary. God, I pray that you help us move around those cross points and onto that straight line again. For every person that desires to represent you on the earth that's here, God, I pray that you will give them wisdom and help in their time of need. God, I pray that you will transform our mouths to be in conformity to yours, that you will transform our minds and our hearts to be in conformity to yours in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that you desire to help us. This isn't a prayer for what you don't want. We know that you desire this. So we submit our minds and our hearts and our tongues to you. We ask that you would be glorified in our relationships. We ask that you would help us resolve conflict in the name of Jesus. We give you all the glory and the honor. I ask that even yet this week, some people will be able to resolve or start the process of resolution for, for wedges that have been in their lives for years, marriages for years, their children for years. God, we, we ask that it be that way. I've asked that your sons and daughters would be surrendered to your leading and your help this week even. According to your word, we pray in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. If you want to just stand and the worship team is just going to sing and you can just sing for a little bit, maybe sing through the song and then you can be dismissed as you feel is right. And just as you worship, I just encourage you to, to process these words and think about what God would have for you in your relationships. God bless you and have a great week.